This is the movie Hall of Fame Class of Fast For Friday, June 25th, 2021 I'm Nico, I'm your host And there he is, across the Zoom call from me The Shaw to my Hobbs The O'Connor to my Toretto The Tyrese to my Ludacris The Fastness to my Fury A man that always lives his life a quarter mile at a time me familia. Adam Hall! <laughs> uh, a quarter mile at a time. Is that what I do? Something like uh, that. Maybe a quarter yeah. inch at a time. A quarter inch at a time sounds about right, yeah. Quarter, For you, uh, that's it's the same, right? Miles every foot is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cross two feet and I jump back. It's it's really scary out there. No, I, I liked all those uh, analogies you made. I think I compared to basically all of them except for Tyrese. I think you're Tyrese. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, you, yeah, you are more the ludicrous, and I am more the Tyrese. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always hungry. I <laughs> we hungry. We hungry. Are you? Jeez. Sh- <laughs> hey, like look I at us. It everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, us. yeah. We're, we're here. We're doing it. Who would have thought? Talking. Yeah. Well, I just caved. I'm like, you know what? Okay. Okay. Let's let's bury the hatchet on this one. It's about time. We yeah, t- we, it's it's time to like finally exercise these demons from yourself. Yeah, I think so. I I think just in general, like sometimes a topic will be brought up on this podcast that will recur and recur, and we'll sort of dance around it without just finally confronting it and doing it. Yeah, um, and I, <laughs> I just agree. feel like you know the the souls of all of these haunted movies have have been haunting us for too long, and I think it's time <laughs> that we just finally just expel everything, just regurgitate. And and vomit up all of our thoughts so we never have to do this again. Fair, fair. It's very. It's the most. I feel the most like you that I think I've ever felt while doing this podcast. Oh wow! Yeah, this happens frequently where I bring on something that just doesn't make sense to you, and I find that very amusing. Oh, okay. and now we're bringing something to the table that really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I mean, I think I guess I get it from a distance. I just don't understand why you guys have been tricked. Or why you fed into it? <laughs> Who's you know. guys? You know, you guys. You guys. You know who you are. Because there are a lot of them. Yes, there are. But what I do find it interesting though, because since F nine came out, yeah, I've done a lot of research on the fan reaction, just because I'm fascinated with what they really think. And boy, are they like the least loyal fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. You think? As soon as that movie came out and it was terrible, apparently, everyone was like, God, we let this franchise go on for too long. Yeah, we really let it go on for too long. Oh, I never liked it all that much to begin with. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they're out there jumping out of the ship. Yeah, they are, <laughs> man. They're like it's, QAnon people once they found re- out that Trump was actually getting kicked out of office on January 20th. It's like, <laughs> it's what it is. It's really funny. It's like, oh, you know what, Vin Diesel, he really ain't that great, is he? Oh, the family stuff, I didn't care. It's it's like, you sounded like you cared. The rats are leaving the ship. They are. Well, I don't I don't know how many, I mean, there's a lot of rats, let's be very clear. <laughs> so that, sh- I, that ship's certainly going to stay afloat. I'm not doubting that the ship is going to sink or anything, but like, right. it's, uh, hmm, it's interesting, man. It's very interesting, and I sort of like... The reasoning behind it from what I've been able to glean there's a lot of interesting reasons behind where the fandom is coming from or what people value in this very strange franchise but I'd like to hear what you have to say about it yeah well I saw F9 the fast saga colon the fast saga last night 
um, yep. the first chance I got. Mm-hmm. And I will let you know that I will not be one of those rats fleeing the ship. I am oh, here. really? I am okay. here on the Titanic until this thing just goes to the bottom of the ocean floor. Fascinating. You know? I, How I'm was here. it? I'm here. How was it? Well, what a question. Um, <laughs> no, it's a simple question. How was it? <laughs> I think a, a considerable improvement from the eighth movie. Really? Fate of well, the you're Furious? the minority on that one. Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, I'm not a huge Fate of the Furious fan, though, to be honest with you. The only thing I really like about that movie is the title and okay. the chase at the end on the ice. I think like that's really cool. Um, oh, I also like the Jason Statham airplane sequence where he rescues Dom's baby. I think that's cool. And he has ah. him in like the, the stroller or the carrier, the baby carrier. I, I found that movie to be um, a little too CGI heavy and a little too knowing and a little too self-aware. And I felt like it kind of got away from the central thesis statement of these movies. Um, and what I will say is that the stuff that they continued from Fate of the Furious continued to bother me here. For example, mm-hmm. Charlize Theron as Cypher just makes no sense to me as a villain. I, okay. I just, I do not get her. I And I know it's silly to be like, I don't understand the character motivations behind the villain in a Fast and Furious movie. I know it's a stupid criticism, but like she is so... I mean, to call her a Bond villain is actually putting it mildly. I mean, she <laughs> is... The amount of resources... And her skill set and her knowledge base. They're trying to set her up as like Vin Diesel's Moriarty and it's not working at all. Oh, I see. I see. It's just it's just not working. And I do wonder what that means for the next fast movie, because spoiler alert, they did keep her alive for another bite at the apple next movie. Um, And and we'll see. I I just think, look, they, they struck a balance around movies five, six, and seven. I think those are the three best movies in the franchise, and we'll talk about them as we get to them. Um, and it's just, it's too, it's too spy movie. It's too Mission Impossible. It's, it's too globe trotty for my taste. Um, that being said, there is stuff in this movie, particularly in flashback sequences, that work, and they work really well. Um, and it's because they let Vin Diesel cook and they really return to his original mission statement. You will not believe, Adam, how many times the word family is uttered in this movie. Like oh. you think it's been uttered a lot. Prepare okay. yourself. I mean, it. they just beat this thing into submission. Michael Rooker in a flashback sequence in <laughs> F9 actually says to a young Dom Toretto, the worst thing you can do to a Toretto is take away his family. <laughs> I didn't realize that happens all the time at his childhood or all whatever. the time, man. Wow. Fascinating. Um, so look, I'm here for the Vin Diesel of it all. I am not here for the rest of it. And I, I felt, I feel like at least F nine was a step in the right direction. I don't think we've quite returned to what made this movie magical, uh, but I, I think we're getting away from the Hobbs and Shaw era. Which okay. is it, which I find to be refreshing. I heard it was all too self-referential. Yes, there's a scene where Tyrese blatantly says we're superheroes or thinks they're superheroes or theorizes it throughout the majority of the movie. He contemplates that that he may be invincible. A theory Does, that he may be invincible. How did that sit with you? That doesn't sound like something you would have liked at all. Did not care for it. Okay. Well, also, did not care for a scene where Charlize Theron and the main heavy of the movie are talking about which Star Wars character 
they represent. And it's not Luke Skywalker. It's not uh, Han Solo. But it's Yoda, a guy with a hand up his ass because he's a puppet. Is that the line? That's the line. I think they missed the point of Yoda. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah, but they're not wrong. He does have a hand up his ass. It's true. Uh, yeah, um, boy. I, I, I mean, what do I say about this movie? Here's the thing. I had a great time. I had a phenomenal time last night. I, I <laughs> And this is, I think, sort of the larger conversation here. And you're going to continue to try to understand it. Um, and you're just never going <laughs> to crack the code because either you get it or you don't. If you have to ask the question, like you're just never going to understand it. Um, these movies just mean a lot to me on a visceral level. And I have nothing else to offer other than that. Like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I stumbled upon a, an old collection of movie ticket stubs. Mm-hmm. I used to collect those things back when like AMC used to print them on like the good card stock. I still get them every once in a while. See now though, they give it to you on like that receipt paper. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have some old AMC tickets. Like it's funny. I just watched, uh, it makes me think of it. I watched predators again last night just for fun. And, uh, I remembered, Oh wow. The first ticket that I ever collected was the, my predators ticket. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And I have it like buried in, in like a safe somewhere. That's, that's good that you keep it in a safe. <laughs> I do. I keep a lot of interesting stuff in a safe. Just in case the house burns down. That's true. (laughs) Gotta protect that predator's ticket stuff. I I have a safe within a safe, actually. (laughs) Wow. You would love it. (laughs) Sounds like a Fast and Furious movie to me. Yo, this thing ain't breaking for shit. They ain't breaking into my safe. safe open and look, there's another safe inside. (laughs) Rio ain't got shit on my safes. (laughs) Um... But anyways, I'm, I'm going through this collection and I'm like, you know, sort of revisiting some old memories of mine. Like the time I went to see Dark Knight Rises at a midnight screening. It was my first ever midnight screening of a movie and coincidentally also the last midnight screening of a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 first time I saw Iron Man 3, I, I was like with a bunch of friends after high school. Like we had a half day in class and we just like there was like 20, 20 of us yeah. in the theater. We just invaded the thing. And like, you know, the first time I saw Whiplash, I'm just going through all these tickets and like reminiscing about this, th- these great memories. And, uh, you know, th- I, we don't have that anymore. And mm-hmm. part of it's the pandemic, I'm sure. And, you know, maybe we will return to that normalcy at some point. I mean, even yeah. recently, like when you and I saw Midsommar in the theater and like we we sat outside eating ice cream cones, just digesting what we just saw. Or, yep. you know, when I saw Mad Max Fury Road with Zach on like at like a matinee one o'clock in the afternoon and we just thought oh, wow. that movies had changed forever after that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if the experience of going to the movies and the actual movies themselves are, are linked anymore. I, I just... Like I, what, here, let me ask you this: When was the last time you heard someone ask the question, "What's out? What's showing? What's in the theaters?" Uh, boy, it's the last. The people who have asked me that have usually been older people, right? So, it's just know. that's not the order you do things anymore. It used to be we're bored, we're looking for something to do, and we're gonna choose to go to the movies before we choose what we're gonna see. Yeah. Now it's you only go to the movies knowing what you're going to see and it's maybe twice a year and it's always a Marvel movie. Have you always done it that way? Like I've always known what I was going to go see ever since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I always, used to like so. I remember checking the newspapers and looking at showtimes 
in the actual newspaper. You remember getting those? No, never did that. Yeah, when I was like, yeah, but I was a loser. Um, yeah, I remember like scrolling through there and being like, oh, that looks interesting, or oh, I saw a trailer for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, th- there are periods in my life definitely where I was just, um, you know, especially bored and idle. And, and there were a bunch of other people that were also bored and idle. And yeah, I mean, we just would go to the movies maybe twice a week, three times a week. Wow. Like it was intense. Cool. Um, but like, we just don't have that, man. We don't have that anymore. And it, and it yeah. just pains me. And, you know, I see the Marvel movies and I see the Star Wars movies and they both mean something to me. I mean, they're, they get me in the theater. They get me through the door. But like I just don't have that sort of like visceral emotional reaction of just like seeing a stupid thing explode on a big screen. Uh, you could have gone to see Godzilla versus Kong in the theater. You didn't go and do that. Yeah, I could have, but I don't care. I, I just oh. seriously, I don't oh. care. And I, I wish I did, but well, I that's don't. That's a problem. That's partially on you. It why is entirely you go see in, on me. I know. Yeah. Why don't you go see In the Heights in the theater? That was a great experience. I've seen lots of movies in the theaters recently. Yeah, and it's great, and I hope we do get back to it. But yeah. maybe it's a combination of the pandemic and the fact that everything's available on yeah. HBO Max or whatever. Or maybe it's just like I'm getting older and people are more busy and they have less time to just go to movies with me. Well, that's definitely what it is, dude. You know, That's entirely what it is. But whatever it is, like last night I went with my buddy Alex. Actually, I don't, I don't have friends. I have family. So my brother Alex. Oh, I see. oh yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Always going to be your brother. Always. Ride or die, motherfucker. Uh, we both live our lives a quarter mile at a time. I see. So, yeah. Uh, but, like, you. we were just <laughs> thrilled. I mean, we were just thrilled to get back to a movie again. And we talked about that thing for a half hour afterwards. And the anticipation leading up to it was, like, it, it was just like we were kids again. And we were going to the movies again. And it, it, this is sort of the last vestige I have of an old period in my life that I just feel slipping away. And... I'm going to cling to it as long as I can, even if they're not perfect, you know? Okay. Yeah, I got that's very similar to my experience and my feelings on Kong, mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong. And it's almost identical. But, you know, I guess I got a little bit of that out of In the Heights, although it's a little bit different. Good yeah, movie, In I, the Heights. Oh, really? I really, really like In the Heights, you know? You, you have, like, play. the Lin-Manuel thing. It's like there's a lot of, like, corniness to it. But Yeah, but it's but it's actually a movie. It's not a play. That's, that's the true. best thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the play is wonderful. It's it. I actually prefer In the Heights over Hamilton, honestly. Uh, is the director of John Chu? Is that his name? Yeah, who did Crazy Rich Asians, which is also really good. Yeah, he directs the shit out of In the Heights. Oh my god, yeah. It's actually shocking how much he's doing, but how like like not messy it actually is. I would have thought like even from what I was seeing in the trailer, I thought it was going to be maybe a little too dreamy. But I love that balance they strike with making it, you know. You know, it's it it's very much a musical, but at the same time, it's actually a good Washington Heights film. So right, surprisingly, it does have a sense of place. It does, yeah. Really, and really Jimmy Smith does sing. Good morning, Navi. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, no, I had a really really great time with it. It's a, it's actually because it was funny when I went and saw the play. I was like, you know something. Um, I have so many ideas for how I would want to see this visualized. And it was actually great to see a lot of those ideas kind of come to life in, in, in a very natural way. So it was it was big in all the right ways and small in all the right ways and fantastical and exactly where it needed to be. I think even still, the the Nina story is not nearly as fascinating to me as it was in the play. So mm-hmm. there's that. 
which is strange because the movie actually is, is fairly long for what it is. It's very long. Yeah, and I was surprised, but yeah, that that was about my my only criticism. I wish I had a, I I, I wish that storyline was was a little stronger uh, in in the movie as a because in the play it was it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the better parts of that show. But yeah, no, I mean it wasn't bad. It was just like I I was missing a, a certain punch. Yeah, uh, you know I. I liked it. I did. I, I mean, it did sort of remind me that, oh, shit, movies are back. Like, this is what we, or at least summer movies are back. I think, like, we have had for the past year and a half now just an onslaught of fall movies, yeah. which are great in small doses, but, like, you, that you need a break in the summertime, man. Like, you need to just go out in the heat and just watch, like, a hot movie like that. Um, oh, and it's a summer movie, that thing. Right. Oh, my God. Are you going to go see West Side Story in the theater at least? Yeah, I, I'll go out and see that. You should, yeah. I needed to get back in the rhythm. Like last night, it just it felt so right to be back there again. And um, yeah, I'll, I, I've been greedy. Like I, I'll admit, like I've just been a total hypocrite. I, I say that I'm going to watch these things in the theater. I want to protect the model. And then it's on HBO Max sitting there on a Thursday. And I, I just can't help myself. I get it, but come on, dude. It's come on, f- dude. It's totally my fault. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. What do you think of Luca, by the way? Before we get into this, you want to talk about Luca? Yeah, I, I didn't. It's a it Pixar is, movie. It's out. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, eh. seen a lot of better movies since since we last met. It's because it's been a little while. Yeah, you know, you know that's f- further down on my list. It, it's 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 fine. It's fine. It's totally I'll, I'll t- fine. I'll tell you what, though, I didn't, I didn't love it all that much less than. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines, surprisingly. Wow. See, I like Mitchells versus the Machines a lot more. It's a it's a better movie, but uh, so yeah, I was actually a little more frustrated by how how much that movie. How best to say this? How much it you does? Know, how much? Movie well, how it much, is? How much it does, and how little of it actually worked on me, okay. surprisingly, because it felt like my thing, or at least it looked like my thing on the surface. But I don't know. It was giving me emoji movie flashbacks. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And that wasn't a good sign. Same studio. I think they're both yeah, Sony movies. I know it had that same level of expression, but with like slightly better content, actually significantly better content. I thought a little <laughs> funnier than emoji movie. I didn't laugh that much though, dude, that was the problem. It yeah. wasn't very funny to me, but it was, it was, it was okay. I liked the gorilla dad thing. That was funny, I guess. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, so Luca. Luca. So Luca. yeah, this is a movie, and the Pixar executives, from all reports, are kind of upset about this. It's a movie that got released straight to Disney Plus. It is being billed as a Disney Plus original, um, which is unusual considering that Pixar is, you know, one of the most successful film studios of the last twenty uh, to twenty-five years, um, and have always been like you know, good performers at the box office. They shift this thing straight to Disney plus. It has a very like Disney plus feel to it. It has like a very small sort of restrictive, um, scope. And I like, that's the first thing that stood out to me, like just how tiny and insignificant the whole thing felt, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think like that's one of the charms of Pixar movies is that the stakes are so small but feels so big um, and literally like the people can be fish or toys or whatever. uh, And they can feel larger than life. This is an instance for me where like it's a mythical fairy tale thing about a sea monster 
um, you know, that that's being hunted by a town of sea monster hunters. And it, it just all feels so insignificant in kind of the worst way. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, I have to mention, I cut out a little bit, so you're gonna have to do some editing. I'm sorry. I was, I was like yelling at my mic, like what the hell? <laughs> like, hello, hello, hello. So you can just drop my audio at that I'll point. Make, it's I'll fine. make a note of that. I had a great <laughs> soliloquy. I really just like I solved film in that. Oh, I, really? Did you? No, I, I heard you. Five seconds. <laughs> I heard you talking. It came in while you were talking about German porn. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, German um, porn. <laughs> Solve film with German porn. <laughs> uh, okay, Luca. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I essentially, I said like this is this was billed as a Disney Plus original, and it feels that way. It just feels yeah. like really tiny. Kind of. I mean, it it definitely does feel insignificant and disposable, especially in the grand scheme of Pixar movies. The premise is not alien to Pixar. I mean, it's no more weird to me than Monsters Inc. Honestly, you know. Yeah, but see, Monsters Inc. feels more grounded. I mean, both in its sense of humor and also the in its plot, sense of humor. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know. Are you sure? I just think like Monsters Inc. squeezes more out of less. Even though it is a movie about monsters, like, you know, it, it doesn't sort of do like the cheap DreamWorks thing where it's all yeah. about the majesty of the monsters. Like that is it. And this is what Pixar always used to do. It used to insist on its movies being small. And that's where it got a lot of the charm. Whereas this movie, I think, has bigger ambitions, but Maybe. just just feels really tiny and 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 nothing. Because, in my opinion, it just seems like another DreamWorks movie, which is my same criticism with Onward. Like, that's another movie with, like, you know, beasts and dragons and <laughs> mythical creatures. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to do it, like, set it in a workplace like Monsters, Inc. does, you know? Well, they do in, in Onward. Onward, they'd go to, like, like burger joints and shit like that, you know? it's Kinda. And they go to school. It's They do, dude. They, they're not, not doing that. It still I mean, ends with a giant tiger fight or a giant uh, dragon fight. Yeah, so what? You know, Incredibles ends with a weird like like spider robot thing. It's it, I I'm just backing up on that a little bit like they I don't know, like I don't think like like what you see in the Incredibles is that far off from just a simple sea monster person frankly, but I guess I, it's I don't know. I just I, don't like this trend. That's not the problem for me. The problem is that like I don't know, like the, the the idea of like just show who you really are like that's really no, all it's it cool is. it's what it's it, i mean it is it is so explicitly a, a gay metaphor um <laughs> which like i i wasn't quite expecting it like i knew like the internet was memeing on this that it looked like a call me by your name remake yeah uh <laughs> I, I did not realize that like thematically this was going to be a movie about coming out of the closet and like, yep. and like being comfortable with who you are, yep. uh, which is cool. I mean, um, it was, it, I didn't expect that at all, honestly, because yeah. I didn't see any of the memes for it, but it was like almost immediately as soon as you see the two boys, boys together, it's, there's just something about the execution and the aesthetic that makes you think that, I mean, it's so clearly call me by your name. <laughs> yeah. That the two want to run away together and buy a Vespa and explain. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, by the third act, it's just like, you know, people, some people aren't going to accept you, but that's okay. Cause some will. Um, so yeah, I mean, cool. I, I, I just keep coming back to this. Like I, I, I see that, that final chase that they do down the mountain as they're biking in that race. And it's a horrible climax. Yeah. All the, like, it's just, but it's trite. 
Yeah. Like it's just, we've done this before and worse studios have done this before. And I just feel like some of the imagination of the monsters Inc. Uh, door sequence yep. or the, you know, or even like the finding Nemo uh, aquarium escape or mm-hmm. like, look at even toy story four, not too long ago. They get yeah. so much out of an antique store. Yeah. Just a carnival. And, and here yeah. they are raising the stakes and raising the setting and, and it's falling more flat. Like they're yeah, getting the, less drama out of it. Yeah, strangely that like I know the sea monsters are kind of supposed to feel out of place, but it it like like I don't know. I, I God this yeah, cause I cause I do agree, like like there's just so many missed opportunities here. But there's something about like <laughs> I guess I wanted to see like the underwater world more. <laughs> I wanted to see more out of like yeah. that landscape. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're right. Wait, Jim as as Gaffigan the, and Maya Rudolph as the parents. It's like all you have is that they're kind of literally fish out of water, and it's right. Yeah, yeah. It it's not poorly made or anything. You know, it's competent. It's fine. I I. It's not my least favorite Pixar movie. Uh, I actually like Onward more personally. Okay, I think I do too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 put it this way like I was hearing about it and I was expecting it to be like aggressively paint by numbers and it kind of is I was expecting to be pretty bored by it um, it was entertaining enough I, it's not like I regret watching it or anything but I have really no desire to see it again so yeah, yeah. I don't either um, and I, I do sort of fear for the future of this brand in a lot of ways like I, Pixar? I don't quite yeah I don't quite know where they're going with this like if every Pixar movie is just going to be thrown on Disney plus with like very little advertising or fanfare like I barely knew this movie was coming out and then it yeah, just I mean, came out and I'm like oh shit like that dropped last night yeah I, I understand Disney plus is the future Disney thinks that streaming is you know the future of their brand and I, I yeah. get it but it, it no longer feels significant when a Pixar movie comes out and that's upsetting because all my life it's been that way. Yeah. No, it's been a while since even my, my favorite Pixar movie the past, what is it? Like five, 10 years, something like that, which is, um, um, uh, God, what, what the hell is, no, I, I don't like that. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> you must uh, love it very much. Yeah. I do love it though. That's the annoying part. Coco. Coco. Yeah. yeah. Coco's my favorite. Coco's great. Coco's like actually really great. You know, and all the other ones that have come out, I've either disliked or just not cared for, frankly. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to shout out before we get into the Toretto of it all? Shiva Baby's great. See it. Uh, I gotta see that. Mm-hmm. And you would love it. It's 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 a yeah. It's another one of those like horror movies that's not a horror movie, but like even to the music, you're gonna watch that and just think it's trying to be a, a, a horror show, and it's like the one of the most perfect encapsulations of what it feels like to be at a party you don't want to be at oh that's great because i i'm always at parties like that yeah dude you're, you're gonna be like sweating <laughs> while watching this movie every party i go to is the one that i don't want to be at there are scenes in this movie because she's a younger girl and she's surrounded by family and yeah. they're literally like oh you got some schmutz on your face and they're going like this to her cheeks and she's just seething she just wants to be left alone they're grabbing her you know mm. trying to tell her like oh you're so cute you look so great for your age oh it's just lots of that and there's a little bit of like a like a sort of a grosser story underneath and over the some of the stuff that she does at the beginning of the movie that she regrets that puts her in a very precarious situation and oof, it, i mean she, the the lead actress is absolutely phenomenal in it rachel sanat and yeah 
Connecticut uh, uh, person, so that's cool. Yeah, Sounds lo- very Connecticut. A, a local girl. Yeah, yeah. She's right in your neck of the woods, as a matter of fact. Yeah, not that far. Yeah, that's right. I I have some cousins that I think went to high school with her. I have to see like mm. that's cool. What her deal is? I want to see if she's like uh, she's a legit cool or not. Okay, <laughs> legit or not, or she's just a hack fraud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I yeah. want to know what the, I actually. You know, I I did have a cousin that did theater in high school. I wonder if like oh, maybe they did theater together, possibly, and if she knew that this chick was going to pop off. Maybe. Who knows? Kind of yeah, like she, your dad and Meg Ryan. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. My my mom, really. <laughs> your true mother. I've never met her. <laughs> your birth mother. Much like Vin Diesel and his father. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. I don't even. Is that a segue? I, I mean, I have a bunch of other movies that I've seen. I just. Go ahead. Keep keep going. Keep going. Don't I, I, saw the flow. Sh- I saw The Shallows and it was horrible. So there's that. But I don't have much to say about it. Um, uh, I just saw. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. I saw Jacob's wife. That was that was really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, very weird and you would hate it, but it was it was it was dope. And it's like a vampire uh, movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's well it's it's a movie about marriage that's a vampire movie. Aren't all <laughs> movies about marriage? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Barbara Crampton is just the shit. I love her so much. Yeah. Uh I rewatched Martin and on rewatch I was like, Jesus Christ, Nico needs to see this fucking movie. That's another vampire movie that you would you would actually like. It's okay. George Romero's vampire movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And I concluded after watching it, it's my favorite vampire film, and it's uh, probably George Romero's best like unseen film. So, yeah. Better uh, than uh, Let the Right One In? Uh, have you seen Let the Right One In? I haven't. I've only seen Let Me In. I've seen Let Me In, too. I haven't seen Let the Right One In. I love Let Me In. Yeah. Yeah, that one. No, yeah it's better than. It's better than. It's significantly more interesting personally better than coppola's dracula i like coppola's dracula but that's sort of a different beast altogether <laughs> better than hotel transylvania 2 no not better than hotel transylvania 2 got it i don't hate it <laughs> i don't hate those movies they're fine what else uh jesus what else did i watch i, feel I like saw I... barb and star go to vista del mar oh yeah that's right you i watched that. it on a plane i watched the first half on my way to fort lauderdale and um then I watched the second half on the flight back. Okay. So it was a week. I, I sort of forgot a lot of the context, but, uh, all right. I mean, aggressively stupid in the best way. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. All right. All right. Well, that's good. Um, it, it's like, it's one of those movies that it's just out the womb. It's, it's a <laughs> cult classic, you know? <laughs> okay. I see. As right. soon as it enters the world, like this thing was engineered in a lab to be a cult classic. Um, <laughs> I see. And I, I don't know. I was on its wavelength because I was in a plane 20,000 feet uh, above sea level and just like a captive audience. So, of course, oh, I'm gonna I like see. it. But, yeah. it, you know, I, 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 I do think like uh, if last year did not go the way that last year did, it could have been like a massive summer hit. I see. Um, it was initially supposed to be a theatrical thing last July and they pushed it back. And so now it's going to be like this weird on demand thing that I think slowly gains a, a, a cult following i gotcha but it's good it's good and i i really love those two and um yeah the, the the humor is really out there but it's it's fun all right cool and thunder road's great by the way yeah we both saw great that. movie it's so good and so I my love thing. that movie god it was awesome <laughs> what a character 
Oh, is yeah. I, I was gonna say like that movie is an A plus movie just for the creation of that character. I literally wrote that in my review. <laughs> it's just the best fucking character you've ever seen. Such a great character. Yeah. That guy made a werewolf movie last year. Recently, yeah. I, I want to see that one now too. Yeah, the the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Love that guy. Me too. All right, let's talk fast. How can we not talk about family when family is all that we got, Adam? Mm. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious is a franchise that began in 2001. Yep. The original film starred Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, and that movie catapulted both of those men into major Hollywood stardom. Vin Diesel had been kicking around show business for a number of years, was initially a failed actor in L.A., came back to New York where he's from, made a short film in, I believe, 1997 called... Multifacial. uh, Multifacial, right. Multifacial. Made it for $3,000 and is sort of like this semi-autobiographical movie about an interracial guy that... Or a multiracial guy, I should say, that uh, has a hard time getting roles because those roles are written uh, exclusively for people of color. So, like... He has a hard time like checking off any of those boxes. He the yeah. movie st- starts. I watched the short, by the way, for this in preparation for this. And it's quite good. Uh, it's, it's like really funny and interesting. But the, the first 20 minutes is him, uh, you know, uh, auditioning for like a, an Italian Guido type guy. Uh, Going like, Maron, I got a ghoul, you know. And then he you know, auditions as a black guy, auditions as like a, a Cuban guy and does like the Scarface accent. Oh, I see. Yeah. Long story short, this thing goes to Khan, gets a standing ovation at Khan. Steven Spielberg catches a glimpse of this thing, ends up casting him for Saving Private Ryan, and then yep. the rest is history. Eventually, mm-hmm. uh, he does, I think, uh, Chronicles of Riddick, or the first, or, I'm sorry, Pitch Black. Pitch Black. That's his first, like, real break. Yeah. His first thing. And then, I guess, whoever was in charge of the Fast and Furious production saw Pitch Black and thought, hey, this guy might be good. Because initially, I don't know if you know this, Dominic Toretto was supposed to be played by Timothy Oliphant. Interesting choice. It was always going to be Paul Walker as Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Oliphant passed on this, thinking that it was a stupid ripoff of Point, Point Break, Break, which it is. Which it is. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel steps in. He leaves. He comes back as a producer. Uh, I think really shifts the, the sort of thematic stuff. The, the subtext of this movie, mm-hmm. according to many reports, like he was on set of the first movie, just rewriting the script obsessively uh, oh and just God. taking shit out and, and putting new shit in. Like the guy has always been very involved um, in, in the uh, creative process of this movie. And somehow it worked and the right ingredients uh, mixed together at the right time. And here we are now nine movies in. It is the seventh highest grossing film franchise of all time. Cool. <laughs> yeah yeah uh behind what is it <laughs> star wars harry potter uh the mcu spider-man james bond uh the avengers is in there as well interesting and fast, fast and furious at number seven okay cool good for you vin diesel so there you go uh it's a movie about uh family <laughs> yeah they're all movies about family actually no they're not not all of them uh <laughs> As Gene Siskel once said, it's uh, it's about stabbing. <laughs> it's about stabbing. The film is literally about stabbing. 
<laughs> you have it. I love it. And these are all about family. Sure. I don't know if that's true. You know, I think this movie's literally about driving. I think that's a little closer to what they're actually about. So you <laughs> literally about driving. <laughs> Which means if you like this, I believe <laughs> Is yep. there a car chase in the new movie? I don't think there is. There's not? Oh, no, there is one. I guess Fast Five only has the one, though. I guess, yeah, that's true. Right? What do you mean a car chase, though? Like, I mean, they're a race, I should say. There are car chases, but no races. There are no races in, in the new one. Okay, yeah, that I believe that after seeing the last couple movies. Yeah. So you did the full watch this week? Walk me through what you did. I, I've seen the first one enough so that I don't really need to rewatch it. Uh, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, I watched the second one. Uh, I'm, I'm still fresh enough with the third one, so I didn't rewatch that. I did not rewatch the fourth one, but I saw it when it came out, and I don't remember anything about it. Uh, but I didn't care enough because we didn't nominate it anyway. No. Um, and still pretty fresh with the fifth one, but I watched the sixth and seventh one, and I stopped. Mm. Okay. Uh, walk me through what you're feeling today. I mean, it's a joke, right? What? Like, like the affection towards the franchise is, is like, it's like, you know, everyone, like you admit that it's not good, but it's trash. It's, it's trash, but you, you kind of love it anyway. I'm assuming. No. Oh, that's what like a lot of the fandom seems to be anyway. How many more times do I need to explain this to you? I don't do that, bro. Okay. When I some when I love something, I love all the way. You don't love it ironically at all. No. Mm, I don't believe you. I love it all the way. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> I have so much love for these things. Okay. I don't love things ironically. I don't do that. That's I don't do your ironic shit. Well, you should. <laughs> I don't do your ironic shit, bro. That's too bad. When I love, I love fully. I give you a warm embrace. It doesn't exp- it doesn't speak highly of your taste. <laughs> like like these are like bona fide pieces of crap, but like they're I mean they're I like I would I'd be willing to say they're fun pieces of crap. It's like my my Friday the 13th affection, which like those are crappy ass movies, but like, you know, at least I'm willing to say that they're good fun pieces of crap, but I love indulging in that. Like that's the thing about like uh, something like this. I would suspect that most people would admit that these aren't like great movies by any stretch of the imagination, but they love them anyway. You know, we uh, don't see eye to eye on this. I eye to eye on this because, like, what's the fucking difference? I say this all the time. What's the fucking difference? Why do I need to love it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Like, why do you I don't. need to? Why do I need to explain that? Like, there, it, it's. I just love it. I, I just, I. So when you say like you, you sounds love a little them disingenuous. Though, that's what I'm saying. No, I don't think so. I think the love in my heart that I have for these is no different than the love I have in my heart for for Goodfellas. I really don't think so. I think I, I'm loving them with the same part of me. Okay, and that's like a love of the movie going experience. Sure, of like hanging out with characters. And here's the the thing that I would push back on with um with Friday the Thirteenth is. A lot of those movies are so lazy and like I, I don't think lazy is something that I I can usually say about this series. I think sometimes you definitely can sometimes 
and we'll get to those movies. But in general, I do think that these are movies that are going balls to the wall and that are putting mm-hmm. everything out there. And at the center is a guy that really fucking cares about these characters and really cares about doing it right. These are movies that I know it's going to sound ridiculous that have integrity. Like they they do have like a an ethos. They they have like a backbone to them. Sure. Um, even if they're not always great, like the mission statement has always been clear and it, it you know, they have been full throated in their uh, in their uh, in their commitment to that mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I can just tell as I'm watching them that th- this is a series that is deeply flawed, but is going through growing pains throughout most of it. And it's just figuring shit out. And we were talking okay. about this. Justin, why is this a thing this week? The amount of franchises at this point in time that are just rehashes of the original movie. Because the first one works so well. I mean, this is uh, is not an original thought. A lot of critics have said this in the past. But the idea that we shouldn't be remaking or making sequels to good movies. We should be making sequels and remakes to bad movies. Yeah. Because, you know, bad movies can only grow in estimation. Whereas good movies, uh, they're not going to get any better than that. So, like, why are we going back to the well? Like, we should be using our sort of creative capital more Mm. wisely. And like, that's why I have so much affection for the X Men series. It's why, and also why I have so much affection for this series too. Like, watching them figure it out was always part of the fun. It's like kind of like watching Tom Brady down twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl. Like, you don't love watching him dominate. You love watching him sort of dig himself out of the hole. And uh, you know, part of the reason why I think the fast fan base has sort of been dissing, distancing themselves from this franchise a little bit is because they've clearly figured it out and they've cracked the code and they know what works. And now we're, we're at the same place as we are with every other franchise, which is we can't abandon the formula or else we'll alienate the fan base. And what the fast people don't realize is that the hardcore fan base is only here because the ride was so messy. And so (laughs) they're almost abandoning their, their, their whole sort of mission statement. It's kind of appreciating it from a distance though, isn't it? What do you mean? Like you're not like sitting situating yourselves in the movies so much as you are just like the fun of the movies figuring themselves out. And that's a little bit different to me than just like the cinematic experience of sitting down and watching them cuz I'm pretty cruel about this dude. I don't really give a shit what the journey is as long as the movies are good. Mm. You know. You know, I I I you know, the X-Men franchise is fascinating, but I don't rewatch really any of those movies. Because the journey of like going back to them is not particularly fun, but the individual movies that are good are good. And I, I'll, you know, I'll watch X2 occasionally. I'll watch Logan all the time, you know, but like, like, I don't really even care to revisit like, like, I don't know, X-Men First Class as good as it is or Days of Future Past as good as it is, you know, like it's fun to like look at that, like, like monster creation that is that franchise <laughs> but like that's appreciating it from a distance like oh look how wacky this this series is look how many weird directions it went in so like as a maybe as a documentary <laughs> to like view these movies from afar to see what they were going through that's a little more fascinating than the experience of actually like sitting with the movies i suppose i don't know i feel similarly about this franchise um not as much by the time we get to the fifth movie uh but yeah it's it's yeah i mean it's, it also goes without saying this isn't really my thing so sure it that's is fine that's yeah. fine 
you know. It's it's I, my version of spectacle, I think. I think it's like yeah. my platonic ideal of that, which is like very just like meathead centric. Yeah, and which is which is weird. I don't know why that's your thing cuz you're not a meathead at all. No, but I'm kind of like a nerd with meathead taste sometimes. You know? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very disposable taste occasionally. I wouldn't call it disposable though because it's I, very, I it gets very 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 disposable. That was a little little bit of my issue, but And and you know me too. Like one of my favorite things is the clash between sort of like total sincerity and borderline incompetence. Yeah. Like I like that to me like all, there are always going to be sparks there when you when you cross those two plugs. Sure. And um here I think that I don't know. I think that's mostly the case. Um yeah, and I also think the process of figuring it out though although messy does deliver distinct products and that's the other thing yeah. i like about this that every movie in the franchise until those later movies feels different um they feel distinct until um, when five I, it, they it, like five six seven are five and same. six are the same movie i think seven is a little different i think james wan does sort of try something a little different there in Eight, one area for sure yeah yeah. yeah, which is eight, the hand-to-hand combat. But Right, right. Eight and nine are, um, well, eight feels like, again, like just a worse version of what we got in five and six. But yeah, no, one through four are all different movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong about that. So I guess that's, yeah, it's fine. It's just em- emotionally, I'm it, it, it makes me very distant from these movies. It's hard to really latch on to anything when the series is constantly changing its mind. And like I said, which is why, like, I could only appreciate these movies individually rather than as a franchise. That's a very different conversation to me. Do you feel like you need that, though? Like, do you need, it depends. Do you feel like you need continuity? No, nah, it depends on the franchise, I suppose. You know, I, I find when your franchise like retcons, it, like it's that's quite literally telling me like it it's it's treating the series as disposable. So why should I care? Like, by it's literally what's happening. So it's hard for me to really get invested and it's it's neat, dude. But like there's a reason why I hate the Halloween franchise. I love that first movie. That's fine. But like, dude, I'm not rewatching the Halloween franchise, any Halloween ever, despite the fact that they're called Halloween. Because you, you know? feel like the stakes are now lower because they've there's no they, rules. They've changed. That, OK, I see. that's part of the problem. You know, and I don't really know what matters. I don't know who anybody is. I don't know why I should care. I do care about that first movie and I kind of care about that second movie. But that's those are two movies that follow, I don't know, something that I can get invested in, I suppose. I guess it's the same reason why people like long form television. You know, it'd be weird to me if if an episode of television was the like completely different episode by episode or maybe season by season to be a little more fair. That's a little strange. But if it's an anthology series, that's a bit different because that's sort of the journey you're expected to have. So like Mad Max is a great example of one that where each movie is pretty disparate, but that's always been the point of Mad Max where it's like fairy tales told out of random chapters of a, of the same book. Mm. And even though they're related, that it's very clear that George Miller is not interested in the continuity. He's more interested in the grand world and the themes and the ideas presented in this world. And, you know, continuity be damned, honestly. And it still works wonders. And it's strangely, the lack of continuity in that series makes it feel more whole if that makes sense if it were to break away and we got a like a direct sequel to fury road where max is leaving uh the citadel it would honestly be very strange to me and sort of out of character so 
See, but I kind of feel the opposite that you do in terms of television because there are so many shows that I love that had horrible first seasons or like had a good first season but a bad second season that like course correct and they figure out what they're supposed to be by but season three, four, and five. Is what I'm saying. Sure, and Fast and Furious has done the same thing, by the way. But yeah. like, you know, the growing pains of Seinfeld in the first two seasons. Oh yeah, are I, I mean they're sometimes brutal to watch, but like it made the show better. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think like now we have this misconception about both television and movies that you're supposed to have this fully fledged product um, that that's, you know, completely polished off and ready to go by the time episode one drops. I mean, it, it used to be you would write a pilot and the pilot yeah. would be good. And then they would say, OK, write another 21 episodes of that now. Figure it out. Now you have to have like the whole three season story arc mapped out for you. And God forbid the Game of Thrones writers have to like stray off the beaten path a little bit in the last two seasons (laughs) and they freak out and they don't know what to do. And I just I feel like it has created both soft like creators and also kind of soft viewers. Like Mm -hmm. I do think like viewers are a little too particular. That's true. And and anal about like, you know, the way that these stories progress. Um, and, and I don't know, it's frustrating. It's so, it just, look, the it, Marvel Cinematic Universe and the post-credit sequences is bothering you. It, it, it really does bother me. It bothers yeah. me that like you set it, some shit up and you introduce a character for another movie and then we don't see that character for another five fucking movies. And it's like, and meanwhile, you're boring me now. You're, yeah. you don't have enough going on now for you to save stuff up later. Mm-hmm. And that just, that infuriates me to no end. Like leave it all on the table. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you, you like you have not earned my next ticket purchase. You yeah, haven't earned, you, you know, I, I haven't committed to seeing the next movie in the installment. And it just feels like Hollywood has been treating us that way <laughs> lately. And it bothers me. I wish I could believe you. But here, my my um, my uh, I guess dare for you is Nico. Don't buy a ticket to go see Black Widow. How about that? Yeah, well, then you're bumping up against the OCD part of my brain, and that's not going to fly either. Well, then I, I don't feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> it's like, Nico, come on. <laughs> if you're going to go see the movies, then you shouldn't feel so sorry. You're right. I'm I not going to go, not. S- not not gonna go see that movie. I'm not going to go see it. It's as simple as that. A, it doesn't look very interesting. I'm not going to see it. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the other issue is that, like, creators want unfortunately they want what the marvel mcu has and that's what bothers me like the thing about seinfeld is that once they get to season three it is seinfeld all the way through until the end Mm -hmm. and those first two seasons again i don't watch them because frankly they're not that great honestly i mean there's some good stuff in there though yeah it's okay the second season's all right but the first season like it's cool to watch from a distance again it's like oh wow fascinating look where they were before they really figured themselves out but i'm not like again sort of situating myself in the show unfortunately and i guess that depends on what you want out of like your viewing experiences like i can be okay with like looking at something from a distance but i could i understand the argument of like like why the hell does this not fit with the rest because it doesn't work you know you know, it depends on your mood you're in, I, I, I suppose. But yeah, like for like Seinfeld is an interesting example of that, where it's like that first season is not something I'm going to be watching over and over and over again. But it is cool to look at for sure, because you have that context. Same with Curb Your Enthusiasm, honestly. Mm. So this is a great segue to the first movie, sure. um, because th- this was a movie that I actually rewatched the first hour of yesterday and I could not believe just like what a breath of fresh air like this vibe was. Yep. 
Um, yep. And I know I wouldn't have felt that way in 2001, and I feel that way now. And so yep. the first movie is directed by, it's called The Fast and the Furious, and it's directed by Rob Cohen. He had previously worked on The Skulls with Paul Walker. I, I think Rob Cohen actually read a New Yorker article about the sort of underground street racing culture of Los Angeles thought, let's just put this in like the point break formula and my buddy Paul Walker will star in it and um, we'll get Vin Diesel as well. But yep. he's the director written by Gary Scott Thompson, Eric Burquist and David Ayer. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, this guy just pops up everywhere. Uh, starring uh, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez and jo- Jordana Brewster. Los Angeles police officer Brian O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies when he becomes enamored with the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. So I'd only seen this movie once. This was actually my first rewatch of this. Wow. Oh, see, yeah. I watched this one a bunch when I was younger, dude. So that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm also very late to the fast party. I should mention that. Yeah. Well, wait. So when did you see this one? I binged watched these movies leading up to Furious 7. Oh. Yeah. Wow, so I saw this first one before you did? Yeah. Fascinating. Right. And I'll tell you exactly why. I have no interest in cars, and I still don't. I don't (laughs) care about cars. I have like a mild interest, not like a fandom interest, not in the way that you're describing, no. No, no, no. But imagine this. It's 2001. GTA is really big. Gran Turismo Racing is really big. What were the other racing games? There were a bunch of them. Uh, Gran Turismo Forza, probably. Sure. Right. All, uh, yeah, massive properties. I, I, I do think, like, some of this is kind of like the MTV culture as well, like that oh, yeah. very specific aesthetic with the musical choices. Um, I, I totally get why this was a hit in 2001. And by the way, <laughs> this was a huge hit. We should th- This should not get lost on us here. Basically, every movie in this franchise, with the exception of Tokyo Drift, has been commercially successful. Um, So I think in 2001, it looks so trite. It just looks like another Point Break remake or whatever. But now I watch this damn thing and I'm like, man, we did not know how good we had it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just look at this, just the dull action in, you know, like a Will Smith like that Ang Lee movie from last a couple years ago with Will Smith oh, where he yeah, plays yeah, like yeah. the twin of himself or like just there are there's so much garbage action now that looks so ridiculous. This aesthetic just slaps, dude. Oh yeah. That like pure sort of raw look to it that's like not always pretty, but it's but it's blunt in a good way. Pops and, it's, and it pops. Yeah, it's like it's aggressive, you know? Mm. And it's real. It's actually grounded <laughs> for the yeah. most part. And yeah, I have to be honest, like on reflection, like especially when watching these other movies, it's my act. This might sound crazy. It's my second favorite in the series. It rose a lot in my rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind this movie at all. I'm OK yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of it, it's fun. It is fun, yes. although a bit ridiculous to think about the fact that Paul Walker used to be a cop. Yeah, that this began as an undercover movie or whatever, but <laughs> like it does kind of have like a really in hindsight, it has like a really emotional ending of when like, yes, Brian lets Dom and Letty go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's like it, it, it really does. 
knowing how close these two people become and like knowing that they built like one of the biggest action franchises of all time together like it is it is cool to just see like this really like morally ambiguous ending and it is just like hollywood bullshit it's one of my favorite things by the way when like a cop just turns bad for no reason Oh, yeah. Because he like falls in love with a hot chick or like, you know, George Clooney and J-Lo get stuck in a trunk together or whatever it is. Yep. Like, I just love the heel turns. Um, and it, it it works so well for me here. It, it is just such a great time capsule, this thing. Yeah, I do like it. And you can still enjoy it. It's to, like some I've heard some people come down in this film like it's boring, but I think they're just it's not comparing- boring. That is no. one thing it is not. No, and I think they're honestly just comparing it to uh, the other movies, honestly, because it's like not as sleek or stylized or as ridiculous. The thing that it has for me, though, honestly, more than anything, and uh, I don't know what you're going to think about this, but I buy the heart in this movie that I don't buy in the other movies. I completely and utterly understand uh, the the scenes where Mia and um, and and Brian are in the bar just talking. You know, and I can com- bar com- by the way. Yeah. Oh God. It's the, so the good. The bar slash mechanic shop. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but like I buy the scenes where like Brian and Dom are talking shit to each other after the race where he's like, I almost had you. It's like, yeah. almost had me. You didn't even have your car. Stuff like that. Like <laughs> it I just matter I, if you win by an inch or a mile. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Winning I, is winning. It's also like, like. Uh, like I, I I love 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 just the scenes of tension that don't even involve cars sometimes mm-hmm. like where they finally suspect that Brian could be a cop and I just I think Vin Diesel really really works as this character and this is before he had like sunk into his image you know before he totally figured out like what his image was going to be mm-hmm. and my god I actually have to be honest I love Vin Diesel before he becomes Vin Diesel okay this is this is the big crux of a lot of my arguments later on is that like he is so charming in this movie and so charismatic and just like awesome. It's like I, I totally understand why people would be drawn to this guy. He's like the most magnetic figure whenever he's on screen. And it just I, I, I can't get enough of him. It's, it's, it, it peels over to like again, like how much I love him in, in Pitch Black, just as Riddick. He's just perfectly tuned to play that character. But you do see a little bit of that leave by the time you get to Riddick. Although strangely, it's the one performance he's done lately that I'm actually okay with. Just because I don't, I think like Riddick was just written for him, hmm. you know, and, and I, I've always felt like Dom Toretto really could have been played by anybody, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah. I, I totally disagree with that. Obviously. I mean, I don't know I, I, <laughs> because of your, you, but yeah, uh, I know, I know. I just don't, I mean, it's impossible to say like they're, they're hand in hand for me, but I, like, uh, but I, I guess what? the other thing to me also is that like Dominic Toretto in this feels like the character he's supposed to be, which is a criminal street racing mechanic mm. like yeah i completely buy it in this in a way that i simply don't in the later movies and i i don't know like it it, it could just be the context of the other movies but even when i first saw this i just kind of loved the camaraderie between the characters here and how much i bought who they are despite the fact that this is literally just a point break ripoff yeah he does soften himself up though a little bit like it's not obviously like he just becomes a dad in the later movies to all these characters but he still has that scene in the garage where he's talking to brian about his dad's crash and explaining who the guy is that he he beat to death with a wrench by the way if you want some more detail on that particular incident go see f9 the fast i know i know i know (laughs) It's the Godfather 2 of the Fast franchise. Yeah, I heard the prequel stuff, yeah. <laughs> I heard all about that. I, I've had basically the whole movie spoiled for me. It's okay. So Okay. 
so it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so he, he does soften himself up a little bit, but you're right. Like he, this is definitely the the most crim, criminal that Dom Toretto has ever felt, and yes. it does give this movie an edge mm-hmm. because the guy is as as much of like a, a, a teddy bear as this guy is. Like he he also can play the heavy. I, like I think he is oh, effective yeah, in this in these types of roles. You really got to see him as Riddick, dude. Him and Pitch, like he's just so perfectly cast as as Richard B. Riddick in the Pitch Black movies. Or the Riddick movies, yeah. I guess he doesn't really play the villain ever, right? The villain? I mean, he's in he Boiler Room. He's great. He's kind of playing an asshole in that. Uh, I mean, there's a movie called Find Me Guilty, directed by Sidney Lumet. Sidney Lumet, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's a mobster in that. I guess he's not really. Well, maybe he's kind of the villain, but he's the. It's the like hero. a comedy. It's like a courtroom comedy. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the other thing about Diesel. Anytime you want to like bash this guy, like. Lamette and Spielberg saw something in this guy. He doesn't it well because early Vin Diesel's really, really, really good. Yeah, and I totally get it. I, I I have a lot of issues with him now, but it's like when he was coming up, it was really something else. Mm. Honestly, um, I also have to just point out it's nice to see a vulnerable Dom Toretto. Yeah, <laughs> like when they when he gets hit by the train and he's just he's just like like panicking and he's hyper hyperventilating in his car. Like I can't properly express how awesome that is to see in these movies mm. and to see like Brian come and check on him. Oh, it's great stuff, man. Especially that is now. your thing. That is your yeah. thing. Yeah. Action heroes that can get hurt. And it's a far cry from now where Statham and the rock and Vin Diesel all have in their contracts that they can't lose a fight. Yep. <laughs> you know how far we've come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, look, it's all in there. Uh, you know, Vin just like sticking his arms out. As he always does, like in yep. Fast Five, when he goes, "This is Brazil," <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> what? I love it. It's just like, what relationship do you have with Brazil, man? <laughs> this is Brazil, man. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you saw Los Bandoleros, the twenty-minute short film on the Fast and Furious oh. DVD, you would understand. Maybe. Actually, I don't think that's Brazil. I think that's Dominican Republic. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it. No, the only thing he has in common with Brazil is that statue in Rio of the guy like holding his arms out. Oh, that strikes a resemblance. That's all it is, I think. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, you mean? Who is it actually? I don't know who is it Jesus? I, think I should it know. Is, I think it's Jesus. It's gotta be Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it, it would make a lot of sense. Right. Uh <laughs> take that Christ imagery, Zack Snyder. <laughs> take that uh one thing that's missing from fast and furious there uh, has gone missing and i'm sure they'll bring it back because the thing about this franchise is that what is dead will never die and yeah. there's always <laughs> <laughs> han's a secret agent now or something what, what the fuck they yeah. really did it again dude i they i heard that the, it again i heard that it really didn't work like pe- like this th- that was one of those moments where people were, were like really checking out like are you fucking serious that's how you're bringing them back not a lot of people were cool about it, but I still can't explain what happened. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I seriously don't know. All I heard was like he had to stay alive and be in the dark to protect people from some weird technology. <laughs> to, to protect his family. Adam. Oh yeah, to protect the family. The family. <laughs> Continue, please. Salute me familia. Um Yeah, what what else was I good? But no, the thing that's gone missing. Nas. What happened to the Nas? Oh, I don't know. 
I, I need more NOS in these movies. One of my favorite things about those early movies is like when they hit the NOS button and then you get the close up on the engine and like the car just. Yeah. It's tremendously satisfying. It's the best. The other thing that's gone missing. It's it's my, my biggest issue with the series now. Um, literally, you know, I guess from what I would imagine, um, the later movies uh, is the relationship to those movies with Paul Walker. Mm. Uh, I, I have this theory that the, 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 the series is what it is more so because of him, strangely. You know, it's an interesting theory. I, I think the heart of the the series comes from him more so than anything. And it seems like people have been kind of keen on that as soon as the eighth movie came out. Mm. And they were like, you know something? It's 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 missing that. It's missing that spirit that we that we loved so much. That we didn't realize we loved as much as we did. But I guess we'll get to that. Well, it's interesting because these new movies... This is how like committed this series is to bringing people back from the dead. Literally, the guy that is dead has not been killed off in the Fast movies yet. Like, yeah, that's Fast, right. Fast Eight and Fast Nine both referred to Brian as though he's somewhere else. And Doesn't in the, this movie, literally, so spoiler alert for F Nine, Mia reunites with the team. Because yeah. they said at the end of Furious 7 that Mia and Brian are going to go raise the kids now and they're out of the game. Well, Mia's back and okay. she's kicking all sorts of ass again. And she just like says in an offhanded line, Brian's watching the kids. Oh, my God. Like Brian's literally a babysitter still. They refuse to kill him off in these movies. Doesn't he? the car show up at the end of that movie? His car? <laughs> yes. So it's like, what are they going to do? <laughs> they're going to get his brother to play him and raise him from the dead? No one will die. No one will die in these movies, including the literal dead guy. It's like, where the... <laughs> the guy's actually dead. Yes. Anyway. It's uh, fun when I stakes were Here's thing. the thing. I don't really like Paul Walker in these movies. I think maybe I'm telling on myself a bit, but that's not really how I watch these movies through the prism of Paul Walker. Um, I think he's a very good looking man. I don't know what else there is to say about him other than that. No, you're not even wrong. Like I just, I, I never thought like his performances were were great by any means. But there's just this strange, grounded, affable quality to him, where it's like even when these movies were ridiculous, there was something about seeing Paul Walker in those scenes that made it work that much more. That like brought it back to home. That like he's always been like the perfect audience surrogate in ways that obviously Dom Toretto is not. Mm. And I think that's where maybe a lot of the the spirit and charm is missing now, at least from what I'm assuming. You know, I haven't seen F8 or F9 or Hobbs and Shaw, but I think that might have something to do with why those movies have been a little not as fondly received, shall we say? Uh, Yeah, no, you're right. You're not wrong. Although I do love Tokyo Drift and he's not in that one. Hmm. Anyway, that is the first uh, Fast and Furious movie. And I like, uh, it. I, I, I like it very much. Yeah, I'm surprised by how much I like it. Okay. Next up. Oh. <laughs> too fast, too furious. I'm going to be eating my words in a second. <laughs> Stylized with the number two. From 2003. Directed by John Singleton. Interesting choice, right? <laughs> I, I figured that out afterwards. <laughs> what is John Singleton doing directing this movie? What the fuck? <laughs> You oh, know this poor guy, man. I, I see it. I see it. I the do boys too. In, the boys, but it's like it is boys in the hood. It is the boys in the hood guy. It's like 
It's like I kind of see it, but then it's like at the same time, like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> like, you know, we don't talk about this enough. The guy is the youngest ever director still to this day the youngest director to be nominated for best director mm-hmm. at the oscars um so you know what hollywood did to him is kind of unforgivable yeah he, he did boys in the hood he did higher learning he did shaft i think all of them were like hits and like well received and then he just did god knows what in the 2000s like that is a fascinating imdb to mm-hmm. go down um and just a cautionary tale like what hollywood can sometimes do to like promising young talent yeah it was 24 when he made boys in the hood oh my god yeah uh good for him Jeez. but r.i.p the great john singleton written by again gary scott thompson uh, also michael brandt and Derek haas this one stars paul walker tyrese gibson eva mendez paul hauser and ludicrous um, former cop Brian O'Connor is called upon to bust a dangerous criminal and he recruits the help of a former childhood friend and street racer who has a chance to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking funny that like Vin Diesel didn't want to make the movie. So they just pretended that Brian had another friend. That's also a street racer. Yep. That I did know, right? hard time. <laughs> hey, they bring him back. They commit to it. At least that's cool. Yeah. So wow. here's the story with this one. Uh, Vin read the script, didn't like it, was like, this is not what I want these movies to be. And he was very explicit about this. Whatever you want to say about Vin, man, he knew that this is his franchise about family. You know? <laughs> and this was this was just Miami Vice with cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I think he saw right through this shit. And it's like, no, if you're going to get me back for another movie. You're going to write material worthy of my time. Mm-hmm. So he, he didn't do it. And um, I think like it was very important that he didn't do this. That being said, well, I'll let you go first. You were going to add to that. That being said, <laughs> I'm sure go you're going to say this movie's a lot of fun, dude. Go off. Uh, this movie's horrible. <laughs> it's fucking trash. It's, it's pretty abysmal. It's, at least now, it's the worst that I've seen in this franchise by a mile. Um, it's an incomprehensible mess of a movie with, like, one good action scene. Um, otherwise, it's, like, fucking nonsense. And it's, you know, just as trashy as ever. And it's annoying as hell. And there are absolutely no stakes. And it's so goddamn funny seeing uh, Paul Walker as a cop wearing that stupid-ass red shirt and fucking gym shorts. Uh, <laughs> Like, like, dude, and just like, I, I don't know, like most, and it's just so like, I, I mean, I don't know what the hell happened in this movie. It's kind of a convoluted mess. Um, I'm not sure why I was supposed to be afraid of the villain or what his ultimate motivation or goals were. Uh, I didn't give a crap about Ava Mendes <laughs> and just like the little instances of of implausibility were just kind of grating on me because the movie will go from like okay i guess you could do that to like wait a second why were we going from like somewhat realistic to like the most idiotic thing i've ever seen there's literally a scene in this movie where they go to um uh, 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 a yard where there are cars being held and they drive through the concrete post at the gate now to those of you who don't know what that is, like at any any gate, there's like this little divider and you're caught. You're not supposed to ram into it. 
<laughs> but anyway, you're supposed to go right by it and it kind of right. separates lanes. Yeah. Because if you were to ram into it, your car <laughs> would either split in half or you would go like somersaulting forward inside the car. Mm. You can't run through it because it's like 15 feet into the ground and it's like a solid metal pole. <laughs> But they just cruise on through it with a normal car. And then they cut to a shot later on. Not even later on. It's immediately afterwards. And the grill is perfectly fine. There's there's no... They don't give a shit about continuity in that little moment. And I, I know it's like a little stupid detail that I'm hanging on. But it just like is <laughs> kind of representative of the whole film to me. <laughs> of just like lazy stupidness. And I... Ugh, no. No, no, no. Okay, I watched this movie as part of my binge and I felt precisely the same way you did. Truly. Mm-hmm. I always had it at the bottom of the list. Yeah. This has always been, with a bullet, the worst fast movie and it's not close. I watched it again yeah. for this podcast. Uh, I was not bored. I wasn't oh fucking bored. Yikes. I, look, the script is bad. No question about it. The contrivances to get like Paul Walker in Miami working for the cops again and like the whole th- thing with like oh, the, the Cuban drug lord and like it's it's all like really stupid. No question about it. And like the dialogue isn't even that funny. Like no. Tyrese pops. He's good. And I'm glad they brought him back. There's a reason why they brought him back. And Ludacris works too. It, it is hilarious to me that like they somehow turn ludicrous from like a street race organizer to a master hacker but whatever like <laughs> they're both like welcome additions to the franchise i like them both in this movie but they are given nothing to do like yep. the, the one-liners are not particularly good in in any way and i understand why vin passed that being said singleton is directing the shit out of this movie he is yeah, directing not- it hard yes he is he's trying he's certainly trying and he's talked about this. Like before he did the movie, he like watched a lot of anime and like really? watched, yeah, played a lot of like video games, uh, watched the Road Warrior. That was like a big inspiration for him. Okay. And and he goes into this thing wanting to make like a technicolor poppy, almost like satire of the first movie. Like it's oh, almost okay. a parody of the first movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like watching it as a cartoon, watching <laughs> it as like Speed Racer or something like that, it made sense. And uh, you know, on the second go round, yes, it's garbage. It is definitely garbage. That this is not an ironic love in any way, shape, or form. Like it's it's just not good. Mm-hmm. But I did appreciate what he was doing visually, and I sure. did enjoy it purely as trash. Um, okay, yeah. And so this is the one instance where I will admit to you that my love of this is um, is from a distance. Like, I, I don't think okay. I ever quite sink into this movie, but the vibe works. Um, There's something there for sure in that way. Yeah. You know, so I just think like as an exercise, uh, you know, uh, of John Singleton just trying to make lemonade. Out of <laughs> That's the only way you can enjoy this movie, because I think it's remarkably boring. I was actually shocked by how fucking boring it was. Just because like I I I I couldn't latch on to anything that was happening and I didn't find any of the leads particularly compelling. Mm. So that didn't help. So whenever there's any semblance of drama that's happening, I'm just toned out. Honestly, it took me a couple sittings. A few of these movies took me a couple sittings. Mm-hmm. Um but this one, yeah, I just I just couldn't do it. This movie took me like four hours to watch, and it's like, how long is it? Not even two hours. Right. <laughs> 
I had to, I just took like long breaks just because I was so fed up with the movie. And it's one of those instances where it's like, I'm here for something that you're not giving me and you're wasting my time. Mm. You know, it, at least fast five delivers on everything that I'm expecting or everything that I want. And then some, and even surprises me with some of his action. Mm. Uh, this thing, like I, I completely understand that John Sickleton is trying particularly in the, particularly in those Nas sequences. Yes. Oh my God. No, the race he, sequences are really good in this. They're frenetic as hell. Uh, he knows how to shoot a car chase, no question. CGI is horrible. Of like, course, there are there are legitimate video games. Maybe maybe even at the time that looked a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like I, I I appreciate him for trying as much as he did. There's no doubt about that. That he that he committed to this. It's just like somehow. Uh, it 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 got lost on him or something, or he he wasn't able to wrangle all those elements. It, it, yeah. it just the script was bad. I know. It I, is a I, bad I, script, I, yeah. I get it. Again, though, like that that final action sequence where they jump onto the boat. Like, I just find that to be awesome. I just think really? like that is such like early two thousands cheese turned up to eleven, and uh, it's another one of those instances where like God, we didn't realize how good we had it. We just yeah. really didn't like. <laughs> For action to look like that, yeah. um, it's it's just such a lost art. I mean, everything looks so, uh, you know, movie stars in front of a blue screen in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That That's what every action movie looks like now. And you got to give Singleton that. The cars in this movie are gorgeous. Like, he mm-hmm. really does put a lot of thought into, like, the paint jobs on these vehicles and sure. what they say about the characters. And I watched that first scene where Ludacris brings the bridge up and they... I don't know, man. I'm a sucker for that. And I certainly wasn't feeling that way when I first watched the movie. And again, 2003, if my friends popped this thing on during a sleepover, I would have rolled my eyes. No question Mm -hmm. about it. Even though I had a lot of friends that were into cars and I'm sure were into these movies. But now I look back and I'm like, God, there's just so much more humanity to this. Yeah. Um, And so I would go as far to say this movie is underrated. I would. I would. Mm. I'm not sure I'd call it underrated. It's really bad. <laughs> it deserves all the hate it gets. Uh, I'm not sure I'd give it a tremendous amount of humanity. It, and this is the saddest thing about it, is that like there probably is like like you just said. There's obviously there's a lot of humanity behind the camera, but it doesn't. The problem is it doesn't really shine through because so much of the movie is not Fast and Furious. It's Miami Vice. Yes, and that's a little upsetting. And I, I mean, if honestly, like there are a lot of the action and how practical it is is fun, and I love like the boat jump itself is cool, but like the climax, it's on on its whole is sort of underwhelming to me so I, I was just in florida quick side note uh, just in south florida as a matter of fact and uh every fucking bar i went to had a drink called the miami vice every single one and they were all different but i i think it's a law like if you open up a alcoholic establishment in south florida you have to call one of your drinks the miami vice otherwise michael mann will shoot you exactly <laughs> Because he's collecting royalties on all that shit. <laughs> Could you imagine every time they make a drink, <laughs> we have to let Michael Mann know. <laughs> Got to get approval on the on the mix <laughs> and a drop of copyright. There we go. <laughs> There's another one percent going into old MM's pocket. <laughs> that is good shit. We've been, com- we've been coming up with some good gags lately. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, man, you cannot avoid Miami. There are Miami Vice diners. It's everything is pink and blue. It's yeah. like, was that a thing? It must not have been a thing before the show, right? Miami Vice was not a term before the show. 
Certainly not not before the movie. No way. Yeah. Uh, the show, yeah, would be the thing that kind of catapulted it. But yeah, have no, you no seen way. the movie? I've only I've never seen the movie. I've only seen episodes of the show. Yeah, same here. Uh, no, never seen the movie. Because so. I hear like it's really delicious. Yeah, I hear that too. Honestly, so. like it's like Michael Mann finally got to make the Miami Vice thing he wanted to make. It came before the show, though, didn't it? No, 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 no. I thought it came before the show. No, the show was in the 80s. The movie was like early 2000s with fucking... um, Oh. With uh, your boy, uh, Colin Farrell. Right? Colin Farrell's my boy. He's not? I like him enough. Yeah, Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. Oh, okay. (laughs) 2006. That's that's an interesting duo. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> too, too fast, too furious. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever, man. That, that's Guys, all I have to say about it. I, that it, that it is sucks, my half-hearted but... uh, attempt at a hot take. Okay, fine. <laughs> half-hearted for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Yeah, uh, if only John Rule good. agreed to play uh, Ludacris's part here, he was originally mm-hmm. offered that role. That would have been funny. <laughs> I'm a, Ludacris. That afro, cool afro, though. I have to admit. He doesn't like bring it back. I'm waiting no. for that thing to make a return. It would have been nice to see you Easter egg when they go to space in the ninth one. His hair starts to poof out because of the no gravity. And, that, and then it goes back down. That would have been nice. Wouldn't have made any sense. But then again, neither does going into space with a rocket car. Yeah, they do not do that gag. But you know what they do bring back from this movie? What? Tyrese's extreme hunger. Oh. Seven movies. Nothing about how hungry Tyrese is. And then mm. back in Fast 9, he's snacking all the time. Well, good for him. <laughs> Do they bring back how he's like, we jumping out of airplanes now. We we using parachutes now. We're we're go, we're using supercars now. We using a like he he's always asking the most obvious fucking like yes you're in the car that's about to launch you idiot yes <laughs> you're doing the thing. <laughs> We're using magnets now. Like <laughs> there are oh, there be magnets in this new movie. Magnets, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just Aaron Paul did need for speed. Why wasn't he in this? <laughs> oh, he's coming. He'll he'll be like the third Shaw brother in one of these movies. That would work. I'd I'd be on board for the movies that they brought Aaron Paul in. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Uh yeah, of course. Tyrese is always asking hypothetical questions. Mm-hmm. That it just was funny to me that he has only been really hungry in two of these. It just this is one of the things I love about this, and this is a great transition to Fast Five from 2011. This writers' room, and you know whether it be Chris Morgan or Justin Lin or, or or Diesel, they look at the board in front of them, they look at the pieces, and they say, "What can we do with this?" It's it's the Apollo 13 scene where like Gary Sinise dumps out the box of what they have. Mm-hmm. Like this is what they have up there. Let's make it work down here. It just make it fucking work and that's what this series is always doing. It's like what can we pick out of the past? What characters can we bring back from the dead to add just yeah. a little more juice? Yeah. And that's what Fast 5 is. Directed by Justin Lin. This is the third movie directed by Justin Lin. We're skipping right over uh, uh Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious. This is after the hard reboot of Fast and Furious, known among uh, fast circles as Ampersand. Uh, that's what that you know, movie is sort of. It's just called And. Called. Wow, that's funny. Wow, it's the one that uses the Ampersand. Uh, nice. Yeah. 
But anyway, Justin Lin uh, reboots this thing. Um, in the fourth one, they bring the original cast back. They, of course, strip the thes from the title to be like, now we mean business. Uh, and that movie, mm. frankly, is kind of dull. Like, I, yeah. I, that movie is just really boring. I don't like how they kill off Letty in the first 10 minutes. I, I just think, like, it brings a really dour energy to it. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I understand why Fast Five was intended as the conclusion to this series. Because if you look at Fast Four, it, no pun intended, it looks like the franchise has run out of gas. Huh. Okay. Yeah. But Justin Lin gets another bite at the apple. By the way, Justin Lin, director of the movie called Better Luck Tomorrow, which also starred Sung Kang as Han. Han's oh. character was introduced in that movie. It's like a high school ah. crime movie. Uh, the character really pops. He brings him back for Tokyo Drift. So that's kind of considered part of the fast continuity. Um, and also worked uh, with Tyrese and Jordana Brewster in uh, a movie called Annapolis. Um, but he is here once again with Chris Morgan, the dream team. They wrote and directed the movies uh, from Tokyo Drift to Fast 6. Um, and this one stars Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Sung Kang, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. The best movie in the series, IMO. Oh, yeah, probably is. It's, 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 I guess it's my favorite, yeah. I'm a little muted on it, strangely, especially, like, it's weird. The more I think about that first movie, the more I like it, and the more comfortable I am with that first movie, because this one feels like the moment where they find their thing, but at the same time, it's the one that, where it becomes the most safe. Yeah. Uh, and it shows, obviously, with the next couple movies, but uh, it's undeniably, like, the most fun, for sure. Um, and I just think the action sequences are, real, are, are really exciting. They're not always perfect, but for the most part, yeah, they get it right. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a poppy visual movie with a great setting and, you know, it kind of gives me everything I want. I'm not like going into this movie expecting much out of it besides the action. I could care less about the family stuff. <laughs> like it's just never worked for me. And here it's where Can it becomes... I play the full scene, please. Oh God. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. The most important thing in life will always be the people in this room right here mm. right now. Salute me, familia. Salute. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't care, Dom, but whatever. <laughs> I just don't care. I just don't care about the family stuff. It's not compelling to me whatsoever, you know? Uh, yeah, whenever the fa supposed family dies, like, even though, like... Maybe it's because I know they're going to be brought back, so <laughs> that's why I don't care. Mm. Uh, it's just, like... There is like less than no attachment. It's just like fluff to me and it's just there for like, like, I don't know, out of obligation or because um, uh, Vin Diesel is convinced these are great films. So there's also probably that. Uh, I think I agree with you, by the way. What? I think I agree that all, all this bringing people back from the dead has sort of lessened the impact of the relationships. I think you're right. Okay. Doesn't mean I didn't cry at the end of Furious 7, which I did. All right. Well, I, I, that's a little more understandable, though, for yeah. for obvious reasons. But yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you bring back Han again, and it's like, yeah, why were we so upset the last movie? I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've, you know, it, it's yeah, it's it's like, what can what can you do? I mean, I they they've they've been hinting at it a lot. I mean, but also the fact that the stakes are so like undefined for me personally 
the fact that like again it, it, i hate being that film snob dude who's like give your heroes you know more more flaws and make them vulnerable because i'm not i'm you know literally the 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 six billionth person <laughs> who has said that but it's it, it does start to wane on me a little bit here. This is the movie where I notice those stakes going away the most at first. Because, I mean, the sixth one is, you know, basically the same movie as this. And then the seventh one, it's, like, really jacked up. Uh, yeah, boy. Like and like like I said, it's just... I, I just appreciate this as a good, fun, dumb action movie. You know? I don't really prop it up as anything more than that, though, personally. But I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I think, like, there are two sequences the train robbery and the final rio de janeiro uh heist with the bank vault that i think are the two best scenes in the entire franchise i i would maybe put the airplane never-ending runway up there but <laughs> we'll get to that though we'll get to that yeah i think those are the two best scenes um okay so you know if if that is the 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 way that we uh think about action movies that that's the bar that we measure against then you know this is the one that clears it it has the best individual set pieces. Um, I, I love a team-up movie. Yeah, me too. That's the other thing. Yeah, you're right. Introducing okay. The Rock, I think, is very important. I don't love Hobbs and Shaw. I don't think that The Rock works if not in stark opposition to Diesel. But he is the first legitimately threatening villain. In, insofar as he is a legit match to Diesel sure. physically. And it it looks like Diesel has finally met his match when you see the two of them on screen together. And I do think lately in action movies, the except for, I guess, Zack Snyder movies, the the, the tendency is to like make the villain like the Lex Luthor type. Yeah. You know, where he's like just behind a screen is going to beat you by hacking the Internet. Whereas, (laughs) you know. In this movie, when the two of them fight, it's like, oh, I legitimately don't know who's going to win this. Like, it, it yeah. actually looks like it's fair. Sure. Um, I When The Rock has his own movie with Statham, I, I just, that's too much. I, you, you've just gone too far in that direction. But here he is a, he is a, a, a legit foil to the character. Sure. So he's important and he does sort of inject this self-awareness but not too much self-awareness. And it is the perfect clash. I think like if you look at the Venn diagram of the first four movies have no self-awareness and the next four movies have nothing but self-awareness, this is where the two overlap in the perfect yeah. way. Exactly. Um, so I, I think just like as a bridge movie it works really well. Um, it was supposed to be the last one. It was a massive hit. It it. Uh, I remember at the time just being a ridiculous box office phenomenon and the sixth movie also outperformed the fifth movie. So this is when we finally realize that it's a franchise that is here to stay. We're going to have to contend with it now. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it is funny on this rewatch. I kind of came to the same conclusion as you. I am much more sentimental for those earlier movies and the later movies have really shrunk in my estimation, but this is still my favorite, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think because that balance is so good and because it's so efficient. And there are actual conversations that the characters have that I'm somewhat compelled by. Still not nearly as much as that first movie, though. And like, like I was saying, though, uh, it gave me a... Sl- After watching these later films, I had a slightly deeper pre- appreciation for Tokyo Drift. Hmm. I, I'm at the point now where I don't really mind. I don't love Tokyo Drift, but I don't really mind it. Wow! Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Because, like, you know, like, that movie, you know, wasn't always working. 
but Jesus Christ, at least the cars stay on the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't and have Dom catching Letty in free fall with yeah. the hood of his car. At least cars aren't catching people. Cars catch people in these later movies. They do often. And, and, and I, I'm not the only person to say this, but it, this does. <sighs> Jesus, I, I'm trying to not sound pretentious here. It's really hard. I'm Too sorry. Late. I'm sorry. Too late. But like, I do like ridiculous bullshit. I love Commando more than anything. It's a fucking masterpiece. It's the worst masterpiece ever made, but it's a masterpiece nonetheless. Ah. Uh... Like, it does start to strain a little bit, though. It's like, oh, I, I don't feel good about liking this level of dumb stuff. It's just so much. I get that's the point. But like, Jesus, guys, like, don't you want to try something else? Don't you want like it would be more flavorful and refreshing to just not have cars jumping from buildings? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I get it. F. Gary Gray, I think, in, in Fate of the Furious, David Leach in Hobbs and Shaw go too far. I do think Justin Lin has enough of a grasp on the hand-to-hand combat and grounds it enough. And that and that is also one of the improvements of F9 is it it feels like we're going this is ultimately a movie about people and the people are the superheroes not the cars, you know. Interesting. Uh but they but they slingshot a car in F9. Yeah, they do. Definitely. And they go to space. Definitely. And by the way, they fucking go to space. Yeah, I know. I heard they, they're like in they, orbit. They go, dude. And they turn their car and they can fly in space with their car for some reason. Yeah. Right. They, they use magnets to pull themselves through buildings and somehow not kill anybody. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I, if they didn't kill anybody, but there's I a lot know. of carnage. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, sure. Man, you really it. read a lot about this movie. Oh, I know too much about this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't buy it, dude. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't buy that argument. I'd also like to comment. Um, I really don't like Justin Lin's hand to hand combat sequences. Really? They do nothing for me. Now, there is a point where they do do something for me, but it is not by this director. I find his hand to hand combat sequences to be painful to watch. Honestly, they give mm. me a headache and they're sort of they're not comprehensible enough. The, the sound design is really good for them, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's why they the, the, the hits sell so well, but like they're pretty messy, honestly. And I'd much rather watch the car stuff that he has to offer. So, yeah. I assume you're talking about James Wan in the seventh, right? Yes, I am. Okay, we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, we talked about this one already when we talked about the movies of 2011, so we won't belabor it too long. But I will read you a quote from men's health just this Tuesday okay. in regards to the Vin Diesel rock feud. If, for those that don't know, obviously the two of them clashed a lot on set yeah. uh, to the point where in fate of the furious, they conveniently cut around both actors because they weren't on set on the I same see. day. They refused to be in the same room together. Um, and Diesel finally explained himself. Here's the quote. It was a tough character to embody, the Hobbes character. My approach at the time was a lot of tough love to assist in getting that performance where it needed to be. Mm. As a producer, to say, okay, we're going to take Dwayne Johnson, who's associated with wrestling, and we're going to force this cinematic world, audience members, to regard this character as someone that they don't know. Hobbes hits you like a ton of bricks. That's something that I'm proud of, that aesthetic. 
that took a lot of work. We had to get there. And sometimes at that time, I could give a lot of tough love. Not Fellini-esque. <laughs> but I would do anything I'd have to in order to get that performance anything uh, or, uh, to get performances in anything I'm producing. It, he can't just say, oh, like, don't Fellini-esque. steal Fellini-esque. Fellini-esque. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, man. I love him. You think he's seen uh, Amarcord or Dulce La Vida? You think he's actually seen those movies? Or he's Eight and like, a Half? Yeah, he's seen like half. Like, you know in what? Film school, maybe? Yes. I will say he's seen Eight and a Half. Yeah. The whole he, entire thing. He's seen Eight and a Half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love him, man. I'm, I'm actually surprised they haven't let him direct, but in many ways, yeah. I'm not surprised. I don't know how that would go. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could be good. It'd be interesting, but yeah. He did direct Los Bandoleros. He did. They let him do that. But that's okay. it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And it's very film schooly. It is? That short. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Again, though, I like um, uh, multifacial. I, I do. I, it's it's solid. Um, All right. But more as like a writing and performance piece. Sure. Okay. Uh, there you go. So that explains that. Maybe they'll reunite one day. Maybe. The Rock did thank Diesel for his clarity and said, whether or not we work together, I appreciate your words. Fascinating. I don't know who's the nicer guy. Hard to tell. Oh, it's Diesel, definitely. Diesel's a nicer guy? Uh, Well, maybe not nicer, but like you'd rather be pals with him. Maybe. Like he's a self-made action star. The Rock is a wrestler. I mean, it's 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 the age-old question. It's Stallone versus Schwarzenegger all over again. You know, oh, I'd ra- I mean, I'd rather be friends with Schwarzenegger personally, but and that's where you and I differ. I think Vin Diesel seems a little boring, don't you think? Come on. Yeah, but like, <laughs> salute me, familia. Okay. Uh... <laughs> he's bought into that persona. By the way, I forgot to say, like, this is the part where Vin Diesel becomes the character, and he just. He, he does not let up on this exact note, mm. and it is a bit too much. Like I said, like th- like I I loved his charisma in those other movies. It's just not here for this one. I really don't like him in these later movies. And by the way, he extends that persona to other franchises. I mean, yes, the, the persona is tree with a heart of gold. Yeah, you know, not which is so why he's mu- great in group. As he's group. okay with, in in Riddick though. He's okay. Okay, but that's that's. You know, kind of a faint praise, I suppose. Did we mention how great he is in the Iron Giant? Yeah, he is great in the Iron Giant. You forget he's, that he's the Iron Giant. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. That's anyway. a good one. Uh, okay, so that's that's Fast Five. Let's move on. Fast and Furious Six. The title card says Furious Six, but that's because they changed the title after the movie was wrapped. Directed by Justin Lin, written by Chris Morgan yet again. Uh, we should mention, by the way, Chris Morgan. Did we mention this already? D- did not have a hand in writing F9 for the yep. first time since the third one. Um, I will say that it it, it does show. I, I would okay. say that the, the dialogue is a lot weaker in, in the new movies. Very in interesting. Movie. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I think it, it's one of those things where you don't know like what you, you, you're missing until it's gone, you know, mm-hmm. or how, how good you had it until it's gone. Fascinating. Again, stars Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Sung Kang, Gal Gadot, Ludacris, and this time Luke Evans and Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. 
Hobbs has Dominic and Brian reassemble their crew to take down a team of mercenaries. Dominic unexpectedly gets sidetracked with facing his presumed deceased girlfriend, Letty. <laughs> yeah. Memory loss, bro. Amnesia. Amnesia. It's a thing in these movies. Always. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Fury 6. I, I had seen this movie. This was I'd seen this one before the fifth one. Mm. I thought I liked it on rewatch. No, no, mm. I don't like it at all. I mm. found it tremendously boring. Uh, it's got like an action scene at the beginning and then like the movie happens and nothing happens. Nothing happens. You're right. Nothing happens in this movie until the runway thing. <laughs> and I started to get distracted by how long that fucking runway was. And then I looked it up and it turns out in order for that scene to make sense, the runway would have needed to be eight, uh, 18 miles long. They actually like they, they broke that down. I figured it'd be longer. 18, 18 miles is a long way, though. It's a long, <laughs> long fucking... That's a long... Run. <laughs> that's really long. I, I honestly, I thought it seemed longer than 18 miles. That's longer than some of the chasms in the Grand Canyon. Right. <laughs> 18 miles. Jesus Christ. What are you flying? <laughs> a planet? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just what like, this is the one that took the most sittings. Strangely, I watched mm. fat, the second movie uh, sooner than I did this one. It was so identical to that first movie in almost every way. Mm. Dom is still like, or vi- rather Vin Diesel is doing exactly the same thing in no newer compelling fashion. And I don't get much out of him. I don't get much out of any of the other drama or the hand to hand combat sequences. Um, the only good thing about it, I guess, is that Paul Walker is still here and I'm okay with that because like I said, I like how he grounds the thing. I kind of like the tank scene. That might be my favorite action scene is as stupid as it is. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it as aside from the catching Letty, like, it's like, well, that wasn't real. I mean, I, obviously it's not real, but like it, it looks terrible to me. Uh, I just found it really boring, man. I found it to be a total slog that offered up like basically nothing new and, it just was kind of going through the motions. I don't. I don't see the point in this one. Like it does feel like something you could skip. Well, it it what it does feel like is kind of an epilogue to Fast Five. And I yeah, think the, that's the, a good point. The yeah. two movies were written. Uh, but this one was rushed into production after Fast Five did so well, and it, it does feel like they're sort of two halves of the same coin. But you know, Fast Five doesn't have a lot of meat on the bone. This one definitely does. I, I'll say this: I like really like Michelle Rodriguez as an actor. I I think like she's really compelling in all of these movies and she is like you say paul walker's the heart i i, I kind of feel like she's the heart and soul of these in in a, in a strange way um you might well you might be be right at first i just think like when paul walker goes it, it's a little it's probably a little more noticeable yeah fair enough mm-hmm. i mean the thing about paul walker is like he is the only guy that you feel like could fail at one of these missions that's what i'm saying and, and that's yeah, yeah right so anyway I'm happy that they brought Letty back. Uh, I don't like the way that they they got rid of her. I don't love the way they brought her back either. I wish that they never killed her off in the first place, but whatever it takes. I, I'm not a huge fan of the amnesia plot either. I don't think like she's able to really bite off a lot out of that role. Um, yeah, me too. Whereas those early movies, it, it just feels like she's a wrecking ball. Like especially that first movie, 
Like she has such a bite and a sass to her. Oh yeah. Uh, and you understand why Dom would fall in love with someone like that. Yep. Uh, I don't quite get that here though. And she's I, the alpha in that relationship. Whereas sure. here sort of pitting them against each other. It's interesting. I mean, I understand what you're going for. I like, I just feel like the two of them, they, they work better in like a strange cocktail. Yeah. R- rather than water and oil, which is how they sort of present the two of them here. Uh, and it's cool. They fall in love again and all that's fine. But, yeah, I I just think that shit drags and amnesia plots drag. Yep. They just always do. There's no other way around it. It mm-hmm. it just it's a fucking slog. I don't love Luke Evans as the villain here. Uh, Me neither. Statham comes and just steals the movie in, in seven. And um, they should have just made him the villain in this, to be honest with you. It, it just all feels very perfunctory. It just feels like we're going through the motions for no reason. And yep. we're setting up a really cool action sequence and we're sh- we're setting up Giselle's death and too too much setup, not enough payoff in this one. I, I do think just like in terms of competence, it is one of the more competent movies, and that's why I have yeah. it higher on the list. But I agree with you. In the times that I've revisited it, it actually has slid down in my estimation. And okay. I actually might have that first one higher on the I ranking definitely. now that I'm thinking about it here. Yeah, which I wouldn't have thought. I, I actually, funny, same experience with me. I would have thought that this one would have been higher. Mm. And yet, as a matter of fact, I was certain it was higher. But that's why I needed to rewatch it because <laughs> it's been a couple of years since I'd seen this one. Um, and yeah, man, it honestly isn't even close. I mean, it doesn't have any semblance of the humanity that that first movie has, honestly. And yeah. like I said, be, like that, you're so right about that amnesia plot. Like it is just so uninteresting. And they don't like th- these movies aren't like like they're not competent enough or frankly interested enough in doing something like that. You know, this isn't their wheelhouse and amnesia plot. It's hard enough as it is to do that. Well, let alone a movie that is interested in, you know, the spectacle more than anything. Mm. So like kind of stay in your lane, no pun intended. Sure. (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, hundred percent. It's still, it's a strong back half. And that final sequence, I know it's silly and I know you get distracted by the never ending runway and all that, but Lynn does do a good job of juggling all of those individual fights. Um, Nothing's horrible. It's not staging. It's not stiff. It it does feel like organic and you do have a sense of the geography on that plane. Yes. Um, So like that shit is good. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole franchise. Um, you're right, though. It does sort of feel insignificant. Sandwiched in between, in my opinion, the two best movies in the series. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think we're on the same page with that one. This one and the fourth one, I I, I just... Yeah. Both of them feel like they're going through the motions. I like this one a lot better than the fourth. Actually, in hindsight, I think I have the fourth bottom of the list. After I, I watching need, Too Fast again. I would need to rewatch it. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't remember anything about the fourth movie. Not a mm. single thing. Uh, but, yeah. Fast six. That that's all I, I think we really have to say about it. And yeah, it's it, there's nothing really new to add. Yeah, you know. So there you go. Furious Seven is last yeah. on the list mm-hmm. from 2015. Directed by James Wan, known prior to this as a horror director, he did the first Saw, the first Insidious movie, the first Conjuring movie. All first, good movies. Two Conjuring movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Aquaman now, so he's kind of, you know, he's done. You yeah, think? left that period behind him. I don't know. If I he's guess done, but uh, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he might direct. The, he's 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 interested in directing a remake to Arachnophobia, which could be interesting. I'm that cool is interesting. That. I'm cool with that. This one is again written by Chris Morgan, um, and it stars you know who the family, uh, plus uh, Kurt Russell, 
Natalie Emmanuel and Jason Statham. They all enter the scene and make a splash. Sure. Deckard Shaw seeks revenge against Dominic Toretto and his family for his comatose brother. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one of the things I realized, I watched the first half of this one too. Uh, no airbags in these movies. No. Like literally Statham and Toretto, they ram into each other <laughs> in a tunnel. Like literally head first. It, it is. It looks like a commercial for like a Toyota Camry. It's the worst accident I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the worst like actual head-on collision I've ever seen in my life. And they get out of the cars without a scratch on them. No airbags. Nope. <laughs> it's amazing, right? It's fucking, so fucking like the movie. It does have some gall in a way where it's like fucking the rock jumps out of that office and the car catches him. Yes. Which doesn't help it's a fucking car anyway <laughs> the car catches him and the wor- girl is worried like oh hobbs oh what's ro- hobbs I what's, wonder wrong? what's wrong what, what do you mean what's wrong <laughs> and the worst I don't know, part i've just lost all feeling in my <laughs> limbs there's a there's even more there's so much wrong with that i mean apart from the fact that she asked that stupid fucking question <laughs> also <laughs> It's ridiculous that the movie thinks that I am fearful for Hobbs in that moment. There's right, also that. Right. <laughs> so why even bother? Third, he just gets a broken arm. <laughs> That's it. He just gets uh, a broken arm. Yeah, which but he he rips off the cast in dramatic fashion later in the movie. Yes, he does. Which yes, is so does. good. Yeah, so you talked about James Wan's hand-to-hand combat and I uh, agree. I really like the hand-to-hand combat between yep. Statham and The Rock. That's a great scene. Yep. It's kind of like a lightsaber battle, but with the uh, with the uh, whatever uh, tire irons. Ah, okay. This you is don't that, agree? that it's it's the link to the samurai films, really, because you have that's the natural evolution, really, because you get samurai films, then you get Star Wars, then you get Fast and Furious. You stole the words out of my mouth. See, you and I are simpatico on this. <laughs> I love Juan's direction here. And this is something I wish the series, I, I, I like Justin Lin as a filmmaker. I, I, I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that he's going to be closing out this series, but I do kind of wish the, the, this franchise let more interesting young directors cook. Uh, and this to me is just, this was a nice sort of shot of adrenaline and energy, um, mm-hmm. bringing James Wan here. And like, he doesn't really direct it as a horror movie, but he does sort of have, you know the pacing is similar to a horror movie like it it feels like some of those shots linger for just half a second longer than justin lynn would let them linger and that's Mm -hmm. a very horror attribute well to be honest it's just imperfect it's a little dirtier Mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't make those those sleek stylized music video decisions that justin lynn sometimes does right you know like there's a lot of interesting stuff that james wan will do with the camera like those like like um, those somersault shots as they follow the car as it goes down the, the highway. You know, the use of slow motion is a little more defined here. Uh, the Just the general look of the movie, honestly, mm. with that kind of like like chromatic blue and the really hot oranges, you know, that are that are all throughout it. Um, I, I, I much prefer like that slight edge in this one to the action sequences in six. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in five, like this might have some of my favorite action if I'm being, if, yeah. The scene in the middle is really good where where Diesel jumps off the 
Is that Diesel jumps off the moving truck, right? The falling truck, or is that or is that Brian? No, that's Paul Walker. Oh, that is Brian. Which is okay, part of the reason why I like that scene so much. Yeah. Um, uh, I think on the whole, the movie's okay. I don't love it. I I I still think, in essence, it's still basically the same as what we were getting in five and six. It's not really that much different, and the ridiculousness. This is the one where again, it really like I almost like like checked out. It almost went too far for me. Um. There is just enough there to keep me going. Uh, and I think a lot of the reason why the action is so entertaining here, like I said, is because it still has Paul Walker. Mm. I think seeing him in these action sequences makes me buy it, at least en- enough so that I'm not jumping overboard. Even though sometimes it's not Paul Walker. It's just his yes. brother with the CGI face. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The character. It's, a, it's about the character. I get you. I get you. Yes. Uh, and this movie may have lost me without him. Um, the fucking man. You will not like F eight at all. No, I'm sure I won't. <laughs> like the the parachuting scenes, I'm just like no movie. Yeah. How did you plan to land there? Like you can't control yourself very well in a parachute. Like if you're just falling without anything as it is, how did you know the cars were gonna land there? It's, it's a like a ha- it's a fair it's question. Like a halo jump. Okay. <laughs> it's a fair They're question. Re- uh, <laughs> oxygen be damned. By the way. Um. <laughs> But these are these are fucking like like two ton vehicles that you can't control while they're falling. Mm. So they should just be flipping out of control as it is. And I'm sorry, stealing your wheels ain't going to help shit. OK, mm. you're dead. <laughs> steering the wheels. It's like, oh, wait, if I just steer to the left. Oh, wait, <laughs> why am I still flying out of control? That's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> Like it is in the most incredulous thing I've ever seen. It is unbelievably stupid. It's some of the dumbest stuff I've ever seen in a movie to be, to be totally honest. Um, but like it does work occasionally. Strangely, it does work. Not that scene, but like when they're just driving and they're trying to get on that bus to get, uh, the, the girl off, that's, you know, uh, fairly entertaining stuff. I'm okay with that. And a lot of that is because I, I don't mind the way Juan shoots this stuff and the hand-to-hand combat scenes are so much fun. And there are even moments where the ridiculous stuff is so funny to me that I'm actually a little okay with it. Like where Vin Diesel's plan to get away from all those people that corner him. Why don't I just drive off the cliff? There mm. we go. Just drive right <laughs> off the cliff. And again, he gets out of that car. <laughs> He's got <falling>. you. <laughs> like there is not a scratch on him yeah nothing no- it's in the contract nothing it's in the contract my guy it is insane like like I, I it does shock me a little bit that so many people are on board with that like it's like guys you don't look at that and like wince a little bit like come on like it like it, like because i don't buy it but it's so funny that i'm okay with it so i don't know yeah uh you know uh, give me this over man of steel every day Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I if if we're gonna make these guys undefeatable, if we're gonna like you know blow up a building and leave them without a scratch, like let's make them street racers. Let's not make them aliens from Krypton. That's just my feeling about it. Well, but dude, it's like it, the, it it's not a hard battle. Like that's a dour experience. It's joyless mm. <laughs> for Man of Steel. There's yeah, okay. N- that that has its own problems. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit different. What do you feel about Kurt Russell in this? I was disappointed. 
See, I love Kurt Russell and everything, but I and I actually think his performance is fine here. But I, that is one of those moments like he's now the M of this series, and it it does sort of signal a shift in the direction when he says there are games happening in the shadows between people like me. That is like a mission statement for the next five movies, and I'm just not really interested in the espionage of it all. No, me neither. And I, I just hope we. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the next movie they'll go back to basics and they'll stop. But something they tells might me ha- that they're not gonna. Where Where are they gonna go? To the moon? Yeah, that's the only place to go, right? And then to <laughs> Mars? Yeah, at a certain point, you're gonna run out of ways to escalate the, the drama. You're right. I have. A, maybe they'll have to blow up a volcano. Oh shit. <laughs> Mm. Oh man, Diesel mm. just surfing in a Lamborghini uh, down Rakma. Right. We have this new lava. heat shield that we yeah. can put under your car. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yes. there it is. There it is. So good. Yeah, that's what it is. If 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 that is in uh, eleven or twelve or whatever, we 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 are suing the producers. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're copywriting this right now. Kind of like Michael Mann copyrighted the Miami Vice. Uh, <laughs> the drink. That's right. Yeah, the drink. Yeah. <laughs> We owe him money right now just for saying Miami. Vice. That's a great That's point. <laughs> I just thought about Don Johnson. I now owe him money. Oh, Statham's great. It's a great introduction. I yep. love the first scene. Um, it, it's ridiculous that he's now a member of the family, but uh, what are you going to do? He is? He's, yeah, oh, he's a member of the family now. Yeah. He went to the barbecue. He okay. went to the fucking barbecue at the end of Fast 8. Even though, like, uh, everyone thought, like, he, like he essentially tried to kill Han. Yeah, and he did kill Han, as far as they know. I think that's part of the reason why they brought Han back, too. They have to soften up that character a little bit. But at the uh, very least, like, he killed Han, and he tried to kill Vin, or tried to kill Dom and Brian and Mia and the kid. Okay. Oh, by he put the way, a bomb at their doorstep. <laughs> that. It's a little. He's a bad guy, but now he's a member of the family because you know me, familia. I'm not sure I'd be okay inviting Salute him to a barbecue, familia. but that's just me. <laughs> By the way, I heard I heard that they just, uh, you know, if it's all about family, why the hell would you leave your son at a ranch in the middle of nowhere? That's a big thing that's been going around about Fest Nine. It's a fair point. I think Brian's watching. You think so? I think that's what they say, actually. Uh are you sure? I'm not. <laughs> anyway uh that's furious seven yeah, the ending it's... is just movie magic man it's a miracle it's one of those things where it's like you know it's it, it is only possible because of real life circumstance and it's a horrible thing it's a horrible tragedy that happened but um yeah it's that's movies sometimes man like it's just an extension of life and that yeah. last five minutes whatever it goosebumps i watch it and it's goosebumps and uh you know i'll play a little bit of music now but it's you know watching vin diesel sing this song at the mtv movie awards it's it's one of those things where it's like oh god kids have such bad taste but also like fuck yeah man like it's america and we celebrate people like this and yeah, I'll cry at the end of Furious Come 7. Sue me. Are you not human? Do you not bleed <laughs> if you're cynical about this ending? It came and went for me. Yeah, okay. 
it's like it, occasionally it kind of got me, then it left, kind of got me, kind of left. It was like this weird flux. The biggest, the most impactful thing were the flashbacks. Mm. With that yeah. music, I was like, yeah, okay, now I'm feeling it. Now I'm feeling it. The CGI is a little noticeable. It's is not the it worst. Is. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what are you going to do? Um, the flashbacks work very well. If, if there's anything about like like the memory of Paul Walker and, and in this final scene, those are the things that certainly work the best for me. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. Like like the there's there's so much humanity and soul in this character, and it's a shame that he's gone. So, yeah. And these two genu- genuinely loved each other. Uh, Vin Diesel named his daughter, his third daughter, after Paul Walker after he died. His daughter's name is Pauline. Oh, um, so like damn. they d- you, and you can feel it, man. Um, so there's that. I I didn't think the guy was a particularly great actor, but it, who cares, man? Movies doesn't matter. It's the ma- magic of the movies. Not really the point in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it. Uh, my vote would be Fast Five, but I feel like you're about to make a case for the first movie. I mean, it's yeah. I like. I might like the first movie a little bit more, <laughs> just because it's what I want out of the franchise, which I'm sure a lot of people hate because I think a lot of people are very mixed on that first movie. But I don't know. After seeing like what the series has become. I, I'm okay with that rough around the edges version of Fast and Furious. I feel something in a way that I don't with the the other movies, and that's that's very true, very 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 true. And it's sort of a, a, a shame because, like, I don't know. Yeah, like the, I, there is a universe where I love these movies, and it's closer to that movie than it is mm. Fast Five. There is a universe where the tables are turned, and you're subjecting me to these for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like that. I feel it. Uh, I. Hmm. I'm not it's gonna so veto funny. this one. It's, it's, it's not, so cr- wow. I, I'm not gonna veto this one. I'll leave it up to you. Man, but. I came I came into this with such like a firm feeling, but we're at two hours now, and uh, Fast Five has somehow slipped in my estimation, and the original has risen. It's so yeah. crazy. Just I told you to watch. I told you to watch. I was like, dude, revisit that first movie. I did. Yeah. And uh, man. Fuck it. Yeah. Wow. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ooh. The Fast and the Furious. Welcome to the Movie Hall of Fame. Ooh. Holy shit. Let's do it. I mean, I'm very happy. Wow. Life's too short. Good for you, Nico. Nico, good for you. Yeah. This is is a moment of growth right here. It was. I'm going to have to update the rankings, I think. I'm very, I'm very proud of you. Wow. Wow. Thanks, pal. I'm touched. <laughs> you finally matured in your cinephilia and yeah. Now you prefer the more grounded movie about oh, street yeah. car racers. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love Pacific Rim so much, you know, because it's so real and honest. You don't know <laughs> you don't know giant blue monsters until you've seen Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Thank thank you, man. I am, you know. I'm always trying to you know refine my taste. <laughs> your tastes are just fine it's just amusing to me <laughs> okay uh that's gonna do it one more time salute me familia and that's all i have to say about that uh we will be back in two weeks it'll be adam's topic next time you've earned it so okay. uh think long and hard um but there you go go see f9 the fast saga 
uh, in theaters. Listen, man, there's only so many more of these movies and franchises we have left to get excited about. And so go boldly and just embrace (laughs) the stupidity. That's what I say. Yep. Uh, And I I, thank you, Fast and Furious, for uh, for keeping that little that little spirit in myself, that little shimmer alive. All right. You got your movies back. I did. Movies are back, baby. (laughs) Movies are back. Just, just, br- just bring me last night in Soho, please. For the love of God, I need that movie right now. Oh my God, dude! That trailer. Oh, Jesus! That trailer. You and I will be seeing that the first chance we get. Yes, I look yes. forward to it. Me too. Uh, you have a quote at the end, or you want me to do it? No, you got the quote. Okay, that's it. Go to the website tmt.media or too many thoughts media.com for more of our shenanigans. And until next time. Oh, I'll tell you. Ejecto-cito, cuz... When I see you...